Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content at Stack Overflow and the world's worst coder. But I'm here with my wonderful and talented colleague, Cassidy Williams, who is pretty good at the programming and also the CTO over at Contenda. Hi, Cassidy. Hello. I'm excited to be here today. You and I spend a lot of time in our browsers. <laughs> Not everybody does. Some people are on their tablets mostly. Some people are on their phones mostly. But you and I live in a laptop, PC, browser world. And recently, I've been seeing more and more stuff on social media, folks calling out a new experience from aptly named browser company, and they have a browser called Arc, just talking about how amazing it is, how it's sort of like a modernized rethink of what a browser should be. Cassidy, I know you are familiar with it. Have you used it or are you hearing stuff about it? I haven't yet. I think I'm on the wait list still, but I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, Every single person I know who has played with it is just like, this is changing the internet, which I don't know how, but that sounds cool. All right. Well, we are lucky enough to have two folks from Browser with us today. Victoria, aka VRK, who is an engineer over at the Browser Company, and Dustin, who is head of design. So to the both of you, welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. So full disclosure, I used to work with a gentleman named Ellis Hamburger, at Hamburger on Twitter. What a great username. The best username. Yeah. <laughs> he went over to Snapchat for a while and then to browser. And so we connected to hook this up. But from both of you, I would love to hear sort of a little bit about your you know, career path. How'd you end up in technology? What did you do before this? And, and what brought you to Browser Co. You know, in your current role? All right. So I feel like to best understand my career, you have to also know my age. I'm 35. Uh, Why this is relevant is because um, when I was interested in um, technology first came from actually right when the internet was starting to be a thing. So Mm. I had a net zero at home. (laughs) It was dial up internet. And at like, you know, as a teenager, I would get up at like 4am to uh, use the internet while the phone was not being, you know, tied up because it was style up. And anyway, anyway, to give context. Um, and yeah, as a teenager, I was very into anime, uh, very into like anime websites. And like, uh, that was sort of my first exposure to like wanting to create technology where it was like, oh, wow, these anime fan sites, I want to make my own like anime fan pages. <laughs> nice, so nice. that sparked my interest in the web and technology and creating things and programming. Um, I ended up going to University of Washington and studied computer science. I actually um, specialized in operating systems. And so, um, yeah, after graduation, I went to Google and I worked on Chrome. Um, It was early still. So it was like 2010. Still was not the predominant browser at that time. So I worked worked on Chrome for uh, four and a half years. And then since then, I've bounced around. Uh, I was like, Google on like maps and VR for a little bit, and then did a year of teaching uh, at Stanford and have been in startups for the last four years, uh, two of which have been browser company. Very cool. Yeah. I will uh, say I, from the same generation, I was Prodigy before I was AOL. <laughs> I still keep my AOL screen name as my most frequently used username because it's it's rarely taken. So, nice. well, from, from so you don't have an embarrassing username from your childhood. That's pretty good. I tried to mash up Seinfeld and Zorak, who were my two favorite characters at the time, <laughs> but I, I misspelled it. So it's a malpropism of those two. But oh, wow. 
Also, Victoria, I have to ask before we go on, what's your favorite anime? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, not prepared for that. On the like, spot. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> right. um, One of I'll your favorites. You, yeah, yeah, right now, I love Mob Psycho 100. It's so cute. Oh. It's very good. It's by the same creator as One Punch Man, which I actually have not watched that. But yeah, That's my partner and I are watching Mob Psycho 100. So when good. I Google it, one of the first things that, that uh, people also ask, is Mob Psycho the best anime ever? So, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. It was a good one. There yeah, you go. <laughs> so Dustin, how about yourself? Give us the flyover. Yeah. So I, two am from the same era. I'll call it like maybe the dial-up era. I was uh, very <laughs> obsessed with Lego and building stuff with Lego as a kid and then got a Pentium 75, I think was our Ooh. first family computer Ooh. and got very into being like, wait, I can build stuff on a computer. Followed that interest for a long time really gravitated to like the technical stuff. I used to like work on motorcycles and like continue to work on cars, just really like technical stuff and decided to go to art school to round out my technical side. So I studied 3D animation, did a few years of that and then cut my teeth at an agency, got into flash pretty intensely. That brought me to Walt Disney where I led the engineering team for the game engine of Club Penguin. Which was really fun. Club Penguin. Which was cool. It was a, it was a very very fun time. And then Steve Jobs put out that letter that was like, "Flash will never run on the iPhone." I was like, <laughs> "I should work on my resume." So, <laughs> ended up moving to San Francisco, which was a dream of mine. Had the chance to work at Medium uh, and led the design team at Medium. And through that, met Josh and Hirsch about a decade ago. And then left medium and then josh gave me a call and was like we're thinking about building a web browser and i was like that is an absurd challenge like sign me up i'd love <laughs> to work with you all again and joined browser code 2020 which has been a blast so yeah i guess that was one of the things that attracted me to this conversation was browsers are typically these days being created by massive companies. They sort of sit as an extension on an operating system. They come pre-installed and they feel very hard to displace. There have in the past been big actions by the Justice Department, you know, all about this kind of stuff. So from both of you, you know, when you heard that was sort of the inspiration of the company, what did you think? What made you think it was possible and what have you found so far? Yeah. Okay. So for me personally, as I mentioned, I like I studied operating systems in school. And one of the things that like drew me to operating systems originally was like, just the fact that so many decisions are arbitrary. Once you like learn about like how these systems are built, you're like, oh, someone just decided that windows are going to look like a rectangle. You know, like (laughs) it it could have been a star or a circle or whatever, but it's a rectangle because we made that decision. And, you know, part of what drew me to Chrome originally was also was like, oh, cool. I love the idea of like sort of playing around with what I think of as like sort of the primitives of like computing, you know, when you think of uh, the browser itself as like being sort of in some ways a thin abstraction over the operating system. Um, It's like, oh, cool. I get to like sort of play with these like, you know, fundamental primitives. And so to me, when I got a cold email actually from Hirsch about like, hey, we're building a browser, I was like... Makes sense. Like, so we feel like, oh, of course, naturally. Sure. Like, again, it's it's weird that uh, there isn't more innovation here because, again, our, our windows could be stars if we wanted to. Do. We could have tabs wherever. So, like, great, you want to play with that? Finally, someone's doing it. That that was my personal motivation. For me, I think I 
have just chased curiosity for a lot of my career. I think curiosity and trying to work with like really wholesome, good people that are really just like fun to work with and having known Josh and Hirsch both being really good humans. And when they reached out and were like, we're going to build a new web browser, it just seemed like such an ambitious and like wild goal that I at first was like, I will do a contract at, mm. to start. <laughs> so I did a few month contract and I think I ended my contract halfway and was just like, sign me up full time. I would love to apply for a job at this company because they'd done such a good job questioning the status norm and like a little bit of the research I had done before I joined was I screenshotted every single web browser I could find. I made them like 500 pixels in a Figma file. It was blurred my eyes and I was like, they all look the exact same. Like I wouldn't know, (laughs) I wouldn't know which one is which. So there's clearly room for innovation and improvement here. And then when I got to meet the rest of the team, they're all just like really interesting, really talented, really cool people. And I was like, if anyone's going to do it, this seems like a good group of people to try. So That's awesome. And so what is different about ARC for anybody who hasn't had a chance to try it yet? What what makes it not the same as all of these little 500 pixel squares? Totally. I think if you were to zoom screenshot and zoom out ARC to 500 pixels and blur your eyes, I think the first thing you'd immediately notice is we have a prominent sidebar. So we've questioned Mm. the horizontal tab strip and we've built a left rail of vertical tabs. We've also really taken the approach that you spend so much time inside of a web browser, you should be able to feel, make it feel more like your own. So I'd say like theming and customization is front and center in arc. So when people share their screens, you know, my browser, I'm like, now I'm looking at it, it has a gradient of blue to purple across it. It just feels more like mine. So aesthetically it looks very different than other browsers. I think where the other differences are would be more noticeable in use. So we try to notice common workflows inside of the browser, such as like making new windows or creating tabs and like try to gracefully intercept and inject like optimizations after watching a lot of people use web browsers and trying to find opportunities to make people quicker in the browser. All right. Even if you're not selling software, every company is a cloud company today. So how do you manage it all? Enter Upbound, the inventors of the popular project Crossplane. They will future-proof your platforms, so get a preview of their latest product at upbound.io slash preview. I uh, got an invite link from our, our good buddy Ellis before we did the podcast, played around a little. I guess the other thing I would say is that it feels centered on you know a healthy human experience in a way that maybe you know other browsers are not. You sign up, it immediately says, do you want to see ads or not see ads? And you decide, and then you get in and it says, you know, let's take a guided tour. Here's like a great place for you to get into a flow state when you need to focus. You know, it's dropped some tabs in mind. I'm not sure why. Maybe this is personalized, maybe not. But it's like, here's here's a couple of sites where you can look at art and, you know, sort of like clear your mental palette. And so all those things, yeah, feel very different from traditional sort of browser experience, which is usually like you sign up. You go to a homepage, you've got a bunch of news in a search bar, like, let's take it from here. 
And so what what is the tech stack that it's built in, Victoria? I know you said you have the operating systems background. So is it straight up C++ or is it uh, built with other things? Uh, great question. It is not straight up C++, thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to say, cool, great, excellent, wonderful. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Again, uh, I mean, all my respects to C++, so it's an yeah. <laughs> important language. <laughs> but um, so we actually designed Arc as a macOS app. So uh, it is built on top of Chromium, but uh, we essentially pull in Chromium like a library and sort of orchestrate it through calls to like a, a Swift binding, essentially. So like, uh, you know, you can imagine like, hey, I want to render a web window. And we sort of ask like, hey, Chrome, can you actually do the heavy lifting there? And then we're going to be the ones who paint it in Mac OS Swift land. So, um, so yeah, so the browser itself is built in Swift and C++, um, but most of the product engineers are working on in in Swift code. Um, it's a mix of Swift UI and AppKit. And we're also using a library called TCA. But uh, you can imagine also we have needs outside of just desktop client as well. So we also have like a web stack as well, small small web mm. presence for that, uh, which is like a TypeScript node uh, Next.js stack actually. And then other smattering of things, we're also using like AWS, yeah, AWS as well as Google Cloud, as well as like Firebase. So a lot of wow. stuff going on. <laughs> right, right. And so is it optimized for, for Mac and that experience or um, that's just the way, yeah. You're nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, we have built for uh, macOS first. Uh, I think for for many reasons, including just like as you mentioned, like if you are any sort of startup trying to compete with the big players and in, in browsers, uh, trying to if you can minimize the surfaces where you have to compete on, you can get more faster. So we've been focused on yeah macOS first, uh, but we're having efforts in in Windows as well as mobile happening now. Very cool. Yeah, I used to joke that the only time I opened Safari was once a year to watch the WWDC keynote. So it always lived there, <laughs> but uh, it didn't get a ton of use. So it seems like it might be ripe with some greenfield there. Yeah, and I'm on a PC now and switch between PC and Mac regularly. And so I'm patient and I can wait. <laughs> I'm very excited to try it. <laughs> so yeah, one of the things that I guess has come up is talking about operating systems like from a sort of philosophical and then a more practical level, to what degree do you want Arc to act like a web browser versus an operating system? One of the other things I noticed that was different when I got it running was that it wanted me to integrate things like Google Calendar and Slack and Spotify, the latter two, or Figma, the latter two of which I probably use as desktop apps, and the other two I use as you know, tabs, but to have them feel more like you know, a widget or an app that's constantly open in that left-hand rail of the browser, and I can just sort of mouse over and change what I'm listening to, or mouse over and look at the file, mouse over and see if I have an upcoming event. So in that sense, are you viewing the browser, yeah, more like an operating system within an operating system, or, you know, like uh, the GUI that people use for all of their needs on the computer, not just browsing the web? Yeah, super, super interesting question. Conversation we have quite a bit. And I think what we have noticed is people spend a lot of time in their browsers and get a lot of work done in their browser. So I don't know if you get a WeWork or a coffee shop and you quickly glance at people's screens, like almost everyone is sitting inside of a web browser doing actual work. So in some essence, the browser is acting as an operating system for people at, at a layer. I think we aspire to have the web 
like our CEO put out a video called the internet computer, which like he goes into depth about like his stance on this, where the web browser can live and where we should try to take arc as we have built arc. It has been interesting seeing where we fit in the world of the website and the OS. I think one thing that comes to mind is like keyboard shortcuts. Like we're like, mm-hmm. we should, we have a lot of features. Let's like connect keyboard shortcuts to them. And then we're like, sweet, what's available. And you're like, Oh, that's taken by Mac OS. And you're like, oh, that's taken by the website. <laughs> We're like, sweet. We sit in the middle of this and there's not much green space on either side. So it has been a really interesting design challenge to live in that space and try to figure out like, how are we a nice player for Mac OS as well as the website and respecting that a lot of people do spend time and treat their browser as almost our operating system. So I think the more powerful we can make that for people, the more people don't have to switch between desktop apps and the web browser. The browser basically is an operating system at this point, because I mean, you see Chromebooks and everything where it's basically just a web machine. And there's so many APIs available now just in the browser that are standard now where you could build a pretty dang robust application that normally you would need a full-on machine to run, but it can happen in the browser now. And so treating it as an operating system, I feel like, is the way that most applications should be going anyway. One of the things that has been taking up a lot of the conversation in the software industry over the last few weeks and months has been the rapid development of artificial intelligence. You know, it feels like the browser, as you mentioned, has not lost any prominence in terms of where people spend their time. But there is a subset of folks who are increasingly spending their time in an IDE or a chat interface, often on a web browser, communicating with a pretty intelligent computer system. Does BrowserCo have a perspective on that? I think right now we're like the technology is interesting, uh, but it's not our focus right now. It, it feels like um, we are in a good position for when, I guess, all these AI APIs and whatever are a bit more developed. I think there are natural integrations you can think of, um, especially with like, you know, where the browser sits in relation to all of these applications. At the same time, there's also a ton of open questions around things like, data privacy um as well as just like performance and yeah ethics (laughs) there's a lot of of stuff going on in uh, the ai space yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's not top of mind is what i would say it's like we're aware of it but it's not like a yeah top of mind what is something that you're really looking forward to people like experiencing for the first time in arc that's a really interesting question i've never thought about that i think Maybe it goes back to what Ben mentioned. I think we are trying to take the most like human-centered take on the web browser, whereas a lot of other web browsers go, open it, we want you to search. We want you to enter that search box. We don't want to remember where you've been. We want you to search because that's where we make our money, where we're going, you know what, let's build the best browser for the user. So I hope that when someone uses it, they can like feel that, that this thing has been built for them. This thing has been built for like the tasks that they are, they have on hand. And then for the folks that used to have like the tab strip that just eventually became fave icons. And then they would just like close the window. We have That's a- me. <laughs> <laughs> when you face the expressions, there might be a few folks on the call that are uh, that way, but hoping that with, using arc you just feel like this like 
experience of just like, oh, tab clutter is gone. Like, I don't need that many tabs. Arc automatically cleans up tabs for you um, at the at a set interval. So you kind of like wake up in the morning and have a clean slate. And I think it gives a lot of people just like a feeling of like relaxation. I hope I hope that's what people experience. So no, definitely. That was that was what really stuck out to me and, and I thought was intriguing as well as, you know, kind of what we discussed, the ability to sort of feel like this, the, the browser is now a more flexible work canvas, you know, that can allow me to avoid a, a bit of the context switching by having my apps kind of plugged in there. So I guess, you know, to that question of let's not go to the search bar. And when I first loaded up, it says, do I want ads or not? Are you able to speak a bit to the idea of where you would go with a business model? Like, is this something you hope people will feel so passionate about and, you know, get such a differentiated experience that at a certain point they'll, you know, be a membership and they would pay to use it? Yeah. So I think instances we've looked to for potential business models would be places like Notion or Slack, where there is like a free tier for casual users and then perhaps a paid tier for business users. I believe that will be the path we will probably follow. I think I can confidently say we will. It is very much in the fabric of the company to never be like, let's just sell people's data. Like that is absolutely not That's what nice. we're into doing. Uh, <laughs> right. So we will not go that path. I, I believe, and I think the world is shifting to this, like people will pay for good products. So I think our first goal is like, let's make an exceptional product and let's get people using it. And then if you're using it for work or whatnot, it seems like a good opportunity to ask people to like pay it back and like pay us to support the development of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, at least within the worlds that you know I've been working in for the last few years, it's clear that there are people who care more about you know data privacy than almost anything when it comes to the browser. Certainly the case for the Stack Overflow community and users. And that you know if you kept a lean team, it wouldn't require you to have the market share of one of the bigs. You, know, you could have 100,000 true fans and start building a great business and then kind of go from there. Totally. It's been great talking with you both. I'm very hyped about all of this because I feel like there there is a lot of innovation to be had in the browser experience in general. And so I'm excited that you're building it. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. Let's shout out a member of the Stack Overflow community who came on and helped spread a little knowledge. Today, we are shouting out Todd, who was awarded the Lifeboat Badge for saving a question with a great answer. How can I name an at service with multiple names in spring? Todd has got you covered and has helped over 10,000 people. So thanks, Todd. I am Ben Popper. I'm the Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, do me a favor, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things, and I'm CTO over at Contenda. I'm Victoria Kurz, an engineer at the browser company. You can find me at HeyBRK on Twitter or BRK at GitHub. And if you want to try ARC, go to ARC.net and sign up for the waitlist. Hi, I'm Dustin Sinos. You can find me most places at Dustin. Well, thanks both of you for being on the show. It's been great. Thank you so much. This was Thanks fun. Thanks so much.